Wildlife Gardener's Guide from the Brooklyn Botanical Gardens, and Monogamy in the 21st Century, all here on the Hour of Power with Cynthia Bryan. I'm Starstyle, be the star you are. We're coming right up after these messages. Stay tuned. Look for the signs, you'll find all you need in the light that shines. Believe in yourself that teens with low self-esteem who feel they don't fit in are more vulnerable to peer pressure, more likely to have depressive reactions, eating disorders, higher rates of alcohol and drug abuse, criminal involvement, suicide attempts, and be involved with risky behaviors. You can help make a difference by sponsoring this radio program, Be The Star You Are. Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, positive media, and donates positive books to increase literacy. Call 877-944-STAR, S-T-A-R. For more information or visit our website at BeTheStarYouAre.org. Also, you can make a PayPal donation at www.BeTheStarYouAre.org. Thank you for helping our youth succeed. Radio is a doorway to your greater power through some of your darkest hours. Naked, raw, and totally exposed. But no worries, you are all safe in your own seats. At home, in your office, in your car, wherever. ICU Radio is a refreshing new reality talk show about being exposed to our fears, feelings, and fantasies within the context of love, laughter, and light. Join your hosts, Andrea Fisher and Eddie Keys, every Thursday evening at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. For ICU Radio on World Talk Radio Studio A. You're listening to World Talk Radio, where the world comes to talk. Partners, welcome to Radio's finest hour of power, Star Style, Be the Star You Are, a program of positive book talk with authors and experts that help you excel in life. My name is Cynthia Bryan, and it is an honor to be with you every week as your personal growth success coach. My aim is to inspire, motivate, inform, and entertain you. And today we have a walloping great program for you. In just a minute, you're going to meet T.K. Marion, who will be sharing his third novel with us, which is Kill the Devil. It's an incredible journey into heroic underground of the war between the states. Following that, Janet Martinelli, former director of publications at Brooklyn Botanical Gardens, She'll join us in segment two with Wildlife Gardener's Guide. And in tea for two, Heather Brittany and I will be discussing monogamy in relationships today. Now, many of you know that I majored in history. I'm a huge believer that history are stories written and remembered by men and women. Well, the war between the states, the great civil war between North and South, has always been one of the saddest times in the legacy of America. Author T.K. Marion has 
veered into historical fiction by writing his novel, Kill the Devil. And I have to tell you, I kept turning the pages and I wanted more. This is an intelligent thriller. It is meticulously researched. And it honors the great soldiers who fought for their beliefs. Welcome, TK, to Star Style. Be the star you are. Hi, Cynthia. I am excited to have you on the show. You have written a wonderful book. Now, I understand that you are a native Virginian. You now live in Pennsylvania. You're the proud son of a distinguished naval officer. However, you have a background in the corporate world until one day you decided to be a writer. Why don't you tell us about your journey in determining to become a historical novelist? What was it that sparked that enthusiasm? Wow, that's a, that's a loaded question. Uh, actually, it started as a joke. Uh, I was having a conversation with my ex-sister-in-law, and I blurted out, I'm going to write a book. And she laughed, of course, and then she said, okay, you write it, I'll read it. So I wrote it, she read it, she liked it. So, <laughs> And that's how it started. And it, you... That's how it started, my writing career, if you want to call it that. So, I mean, did that, by writing that, did you just get the writing bug? Because, you know, I know I, as a writer, I need to write every day. It's something I absolutely need to do. It's like my stress relief. It's, I feel like there's stories everywhere. Is that what happened with you? Is Did you start realizing that you loved history, that you really felt that there was something else that you could do by creating backgrounds and, and novelizing different situations? Well, I've always been a history buff. Um, I hated to write and read when I was in high school. I just oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's... I well, I did well, of course, in cl- classes, but um, I hated. I'd rather be out with my friends, you know, playing football or something. Well, see, I think that's a great thing to know, though, because what that tells me is that it doesn't have to be a passion your whole life. It can be something that you get to at a different point in your life. So you don't have to say. Oh, I didn't like. I wasn't good in English, or you know, I didn't like reading and writing, and now that's what you're doing. Well, let's talk about Kill the Devil. This is your third book, and it is a novel of the war between the states. Uh, when I read it, TK, I really felt like I was there in the midst of the war. I was with your characters. I didn't know who to root for, whether I was reading north or south, because. What I found is you humanized everyone. Each person had respect for soldiering. And to me, that was such an incredible quality. And you, um, you wove this very intricate tapestry of this plot to end the war by assassinating General Robert E. Lee. Is that, was that based on some fact? No, actually it isn't. It's all invented by me. I'm afraid. Well, see, um, I mean, you say that at the beginning of the book. You know, you, you, you let people know that, that right. there are inventions, but a lot of it was research. But when you oh, did yeah. your research, were there assassination attempts? On Lee? On Lee. Uh, I didn't come across any in uh, my research. Because you know what? It made so much sense. When you wrote this, it made so much sense that the South was definitely failing. General Lee was such a strong um, and respected leader, and he was respected by both the North and the South, that if he was terminated, it could lead to the end of the war. Yeah, that's, that's what I came up with. Lincoln, let's face it, it was 1864, the fall. Uh, elections coming up, he's getting heat from the press from every direction. And 
as you probably know, Cynthia, um, Lincoln suffered from depression. Mm-hmm. Yes, he did. He various, did, and we, we can talk about that as well. Right, at various times. And uh, I'm thinking, as Lincoln, I'm thinking, um, wow, how can I end this war? I'm tired of the casualty, casualty lists. Uh, the dead are just piling up on both sides. And, of course, his main goal with the Civil War was to bring the Union back together, North and the South. So he got together with his uh, commanders, Grant, and a few others, and they decided um, if you eliminate Lee, the South, the Southern Army will crumble, and the Confederacy will uh, be history. So when you develop some of these characters, like uh, Captain Jonathan Westmoreland is the very decorated soldier that is chosen to carry out this task. Correct. And you made him a very, very real and amiable and human, and, you know, he, he had lots of thoughts going through him. He wasn't, you know, he, he respected Lee so much, he wasn't even sure if he was going to be able to carry it out. And then he hand-chose the volunteers to go with him, and every one of them dies in an ambush and he's badly wounded was he based on uh, on soldiers that you had um, learned about was he just a compilation of you know of many different soldiers or was he completely you know just part of your imagination in writing this historical fiction well researching uh, of course i i get into the minds of different soldiers mostly the the top names like uh, Stonewall Jackson, um, uh, Grant, for instance. Um, but as far as Westmoreland, I mean, he's, he's pure fiction, of course, from my mind. <laughs> and, uh, but the idea with him is he respected Lee, of course, as you mentioned, but his duty, uh, let's say, superseded that. He was loyal to the country, uh, to the president, and he, he agreed with, uh, you know, Lincoln and Grant that the best way to end this war as quickly as possible was to assassinate Lee. Even though he didn't like the idea, he still felt duty-bound to uh, perform this mission. Which is really the way of a soldier, right? And you've come from that background with your father being yeah. a decorated um, a naval personality. So this is what a soldier has to do. They they take orders. Whether they want to do that or not, they have to take orders. And you know what I had forgotten so much, and then you brought it all back to life, was how young these soldiers were in the Civil War. We're talking teenagers, and by the time they're 22, they're already heroes, if, if they survived it. Yes, yes. In fact, uh fact that you did mention that i'm thinking about the soldiers in iraq and wow they're just youngsters too and you have to admire them because they're doing their duty they think it's best for the country uh that they serve over there to help protect america from uh terrorism and uh, you know the bad <laughs> evil people in the world and this is what i think this is what is so sad is that we we have to be able to die for our beliefs. And both sides, you know, of course, to me, the Civil War was the saddest of all wars that we have participated in because we were fighting our own. It was Americans against Americans, which there's nothing worse than civil wars, uh, in my opinion. 
Uh, however, each side had their own strong feelings towards their states, although in the Civil War, sometimes it was even brothers fighting brothers. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, which makes it extremely, extremely sad. Yeah, it's so hard just, to imagine right now what those people had to go through. And, and I think we uh, can imagine that. We can't imagine that. I mean, I can speculate when I'm writing these stories, but um, it's really incredible. And well, and I have to admire them. I think what's so difficult, too, is you talk, uh, you, you, in your book, you get into the medical side when there's an injury and, and you have to bring in the physicians, and they have no supplies, and they have, you know, they've run out of medications, and they have no anesthesia, and they're having to remove limbs, with, you know, biting on a bullet, basically. Um, I, I cannot imagine going through this. I just can't. I can't imagine waking up in a swamp and seeing all your comrades dead, but, you know, uh, behind you. I just, that, that just sounds like that would be the, the worst of all things. Yes, exactly. I mean, it's incredible. I mean, I've been to museums. I've done a lot of research on, uh, you know, physicians during the Civil War and the things they had to do uh, were just incredible, you know, using saws to uh, cut limbs. Uh, as you mentioned, especially the South, they didn't have the medications. So a lot of their treatment uh, for the soldiers was, uh, let's, let's say, uh, <laughs> medieval. Well, with medieval, and not, and not only that, TK, but many of the soldiers died from the infections, not even right. from the original wounds, but from, you know, the ramifications of whatever treatment they had because they'd get gangrene or, or whatever. And, of course, there was not ample food. And another great sadness during the Civil War is that most of the men were gone to war. And if you weren't at war, there was that whole idea, are you a coward, are you a deserter? And um, you had a lot of that in your book, where you had some of the men that you know that were, were coming over the hill, <laughs> as you put it, so that they were, you know, they, they just had had enough, and they just wanted a cup of coffee, or they wanted a hot meal. They'd gone a long time without anything. And that just, the circumstances under which they had to operate were horrendous. Exactly. Getting back to your point about the wounded, I think, uh, I'm not 100% sure on this, but I think um, what I read or researched, that half of the uh, soldiers who died in the Civil War died from their wounds. Yes, I, I believe that is actually true. Yeah. Because they just did not, of course, there were no antibiotics in those days, and um, depending on if it was cold or hot or or there was just, you know, they were in dirty conditions. They didn't have a, a place to wash and, and keep things sterile, and so they died of their wounds. Yes. You know, another part that you brought out in the book, the name of the book is Kill the Devil. We're talking to T.K. Marion. This is his third uh, historical fiction novel, and that is the women that were left behind. We forget about the young brides who some of them, in the case of Westmoreland, who'd been married less than a month, uh, some of them, you know, who were bearing children and their their husbands had already been killed so quickly, which I guess we can compare to what's going on with the wars today. Sure, it's traumatic. Is, I mean, I, I can't even it's a tragedy, picture it? myself yeah, going through something like that. Well, and then also we always have the soldiers that are like your Major Matthew Gibson, who was the kind of person who, 
absolutely, he was righteous, he was kind, he believed in his cause, but at the same time he was fair, and he was willing to give his life to protect uh, General Lee. Yes, in fact, a funny thing happened to me while I was writing the book, and I, I came up with the character, Gibson, the uh, Confederate uh, uh, major. Right. He is actually, I think it's mentioned several times in the book, he and Westmoreland are like two of a kind. They're well, they both, went to school. They both went to West Point, right? Yeah, they're they, both uh, alumni, they're, so they were trained the same way. Exactly. They're duty-bound. They, you know, they believe in soldiering. And uh, I thought that was a, a great way to uh, bring, you know, of course, the climax. But uh, I actually, um, I, I tell people this all the time, that this story was so... You know, for me, you know, it was very personal. And when Gibson came along, I created him. He became such a powerful figure in this book that I classified him as the pro, uh, the co-protagonist. Oh, he absolutely. He was totally protagonist. He, um, immediately, you liked him because he came in, he did his duty, but at the same time, he was not one of those renegades that if he saw you. Uh, I don't want to give away the details of your book, but if he saw you in the wrong uniform, he wasn't going to just, you know, be the judge, jury, and hang you by a tree because of treason right there and then. Right. Uh, he, he wanted to get the story behind the story. And um, many times throughout the saga, he talks about, when he's talking to his superiors, is, look it, this is a good man. You know, we cannot just... Uh, we cannot just hang him for treason. This is a good man. He was doing his duty. This was, you know, don't go there, but basically. And so I, he was a protagonist in this, so it was really great to have both a northerner and a southerner, and basically where they were fighting for justice. That's, they both wanted the war to end, and they both wanted to serve their, you know, so-called causes. Exactly. Um, when writing this book, you can't take sides. Um, you know, I'm not favoring either side because you have to be objective uh, for your characters to be real and believable. Well, so, you you really achieved your goal in making um, achievable characters, and I want to get to something that I think is very important because you started off the book with saying that Lincoln had a headache, and then you just in our interview talked about how we all know that Lincoln suffered from depression, and it wasn't so long ago that you realized that you were suffering from depression and were actually diagnosed as being um, bipolar, which is a, it's a serious disease that's treatable but can cause just great, great harm for people. I mean, many people want to commit suicide because of it. And you have now become an advocate for people suffer, suffering from bipolar. So I was wondering if we could talk about depression and a bipolar disease and the work that you are doing just to uh, get that word out there that there is help available. Yeah, it, uh, it, I'll tell you, it's been quite a life for me. I did go that path, uh, almost made it to that uh, ungodly end, you know, of suicide. But uh, luck, fortunately, I got lucky. Uh, I was diagnosed with bipolar in 2005, and uh, I take medication, of course, every day, and I'm I'm smart enough that I realize that I have to put in my time. I just can't expect the medication to 
you know, I'm going to be a normal person again. I have to put in time. So I started researching uh, about uh, bipolar and mental, mental illness in general, and I joined an organization called the National Alliance on Mental Illness, and um, it was great. They have great programs, recovery programs, uh, family support programs, and uh, I'm proud of what I've done. We've done um, fundraisers, and I'm, right now I'm sitting on the board of directors of NAMI, so um, I'm very proud of that. Well, so the, I think what your message is is that if you're suffering from any kind of depression, don't hide and be embarrassed by it. Even our president, our famous and wonderful president, Abraham Lincoln, suffered from this. Get help. Well, we have to wrap this up at TK, but I want to send people to your website so that they can find out more about your books. I know you're working on another one right now. So would you like to give out your website? Certainly. Thank you, Cynthia. Website is www.tkmarion.com. And that is T like in Tom, K like in Kitten, Marion, M-A-R-I-O-N.com. Correct. So please go to the website, tkmarion.com, and you can find out more about Kill the Devil, his other novels, and Battling Depression and the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Thank you, TK, for being a guest on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We'll look forward to your next book. Thank you, Cynthia. It was a pleasure being on your program. It's a pleasure as well. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan, and we're going into the garden when we return. Stay with us. Where you are, let the music start.